Hey guys, and welcome to a, another version of the Best Self Podcast. Unusual one this afternoon, I'm actually doing this mobile, um, driving around on my way to see one of my clients um, and to train one-on-one with him, which I'm really looking forward to. First time we've done it so far on his program. Um, he is currently smashing it, lost nearly two stone of weight, or 13 kilos just on 11 weeks. He's done such an epic job. So today's a bit of a celebration, getting together, having a train, making sure that he is conducting his exercises correctly and, you know, put him onto the next phase of his program and his journey um, to get him in the best shape of his life. Now, don't forget Fit Self is all about that. It's all about getting you in the best shape of your life. Um, and it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter whether you're a busy professional, um, a corporate exec, a mom, a dad, you know, a tradie, whoever, you know, this is about helping you guys get in the best shape you possibly can with as little fuss and as little disruption to your normal routine as possible. Um, So we look at fitness, obviously, and exercise is a key focus and foundation of the entire program, along with nutrition and mindset and lots and lots and lots of tips and tricks to help you make the most of your days uh, and make the most of your exercise time to make sure that you do result in getting into the best shape of your life. So today's all about, I kind of want to do a bit of a topic today about what it's like to try to stay in shape and keep on with your programs things whilst you're traveling. Now this is on the back of the fact that I've just released my very first ebook, um, The Travel Fit Guide by Fit Self. Um, it is there to help you guys when you're traveling you're away from home, you're away from your regular gym, or you're away from your regular workout location to enable you to stick with your program um, and to ensure that you're getting the right nutrition, the right timing, and everything you need to make sure that you don't go backwards whilst you're traveling, um, and therefore not use travel as yet another excuse not to get the best shape of your life. So for those who've known, who know me, you know I've spent the last 20, 30 years in a corporate role um, I've been busy traveling all over Europe. I've changed, relocated countries from Australia to the UK twice, in fact, in that period of time. Um, I've gone backwards and forwards and settled back here now in London to live my life over on this side of the planet. But at the same time, I've been doing a lot of travel. And to give another example, a bit more finer detail, during the course of my own 16-week transformation, I traveled no less than seven times two to three days um, minimum from home whilst I was on my program and whilst I was doing my transition and still managed to do what I wanted to do in a very short space of time. In fact, I probably got where I wanted to go within sort of 12 to 13 weeks, um, but then myself and my coach just wanted to see how far we could get. Obviously, I was, you know, lining up my photo shoot with the day that I turned 50 years old. Um, So it was a bit of a a catalyst moment, a bit of a, um, a big step in my own personal journey. Uh, and, you know, to be able to do that in a, or during a busy corporate role, lots of travel, and still manage to get into that shape, you know, it was it was a phenomenal effort. Now, of course, as I've always said in my podcast and with the whole Fit Self program, it's not necessarily about getting a six pack or standing half naked in front of a photo, in front of a camera and get your photos taken. You know, the fit self is all about just getting you in the best shape you possibly can be under the circumstances. Of course, if you want to go to the extreme level of it and do it in a short space of time and get in front of a camera, I am more than happy to help you on that journey. 
Um, I've got loads of experience in doing that. I've been exercising for 20 to 30 years in gyms. I've had numerous personal trainers. And of course, I've culminated in leaving my corporate job and transitioning across into running fit self on a full-time basis to give you everything I possibly can to help you guys get to your goals as well. So this podcast is all about travel um, and how to stick with your program, some tips and tricks around what to look out before before you travel, whilst you travel, um, and obviously while you're away, everything from nutrition to fitness to exercise and all that kind of stuff. And I think the first thing, obviously, is thinking about how you get to the journey, how you get there in the first place. You know, you're either flying or you're catching a train or driving, whatever. You know, even that is still not an excuse to stop what you're doing and to take your eyes off the prize um, and to fall away from your program. So the first thing I used to do was always research where I was going. Now, I was fortunate that a lot of the time I could pick my own flights. Um, I quite often chose to drive rather than catch a train, or if it was a long distance, I'd get a train so i get some work done whilst on the train. You know, or, and, and more importantly, I got to choose my accommodation. So the first tip I give you is to research where you are headed before you get there. You know, and to find out what's around you. Does the gym you, oh, sorry, does the hotel you're staying in have a gym? If not, is there one close by? And if not, do you have time in your day and in the schedule to do some exercise anyway whilst you are in the hotel room? And again, the ebook that I put out will actually give you a full training program to, that you can do whilst in the hotel room or whilst you are you know, in a, a small hotel gym um, or any of those kind of options. So it gives, the excuse, or it gives you a reason not to have any excuses to be able to do that training whilst you're traveling. So that's first tip, find out where you're going, find out what's around you. Now I've, I've gone and joined or gone and attended many, many commercial gyms on a casual basis whilst traveling and they've been an absolute saviour. Um, because I was when I was very much so into my program and right into the thick of it, from a mindset point of view, the thought of stopping what I was doing was quite difficult, you know, and it really challenged me and kind of made me feel bad, made me feel guilty to myself. So I had to find a way to keep going. So by researching where I was headed and the destination and find out whether there was a gym in the hotel or there was a close by commercial gym I could make the use of, made all the difference. So I knew what was happening before I even set out the set foot out the door at home and, and got on my way. Now from a travel itself point of view, so if I'm driving, you know, that's a great benefit. You know, you can pick your own route, you can stop and start whenever you need to. Um, and I think it's really crucial. If you're kind of traveling for more than a couple of hours, not only for your own safety, but just for your own health, always wise to stop, stretch your legs every couple of hours or so, you know, but again, be clever with that pause. Um, I would quite often, obviously it was hands-free and things, you can make phone calls whilst you're traveling, but you know, there's, there's emails, there's text messages, there's WhatsApp, which you can't look at whilst you're driving. So I'd use the time, one, I'd pause, um, for a break, I get out of the car and I just go for a wander for about 10, 15 minutes, whether that's around the car park or up and down the street, one direction, then back again. I try to get as much movement as I possibly could do. Having sat still for two hours or so in a car, I then get out and stretch my legs and go for a bit of a walk because obviously one of the things you want to keep doing as well is keep your movement up so you can keep burning calories. So sitting in a car for two, four, six hours that can have a real impact on your daily movement. So if you don't pause and take the time to go for a bit of a wander, have a bit of a break and stretch your legs, that's a, that sort of holds you back on that. So that's one suggestion from a driving point of view, take regular stops, you know, get your, out, get your um, hydration in, get water in, get your step count up, multitask and make some phone calls, answer some emails, check your text messages, etc. while you have those pauses and those breaks. But more importantly, keep moving. 
you know, stretch your legs out. You know, we sit down all day long at the desk and then to sit there again in a car for two or three hours, it's not a great idea. Um, it's not terribly pleasant. So take the time to have those breaks. And of course, when you're planning a journey, plan those breaks in there from a time point of view. So you have to be there in somewhere in six hours, probably allow seven or eight. So you've got time to then have those breaks, go for a walk, have a bit of refreshment and keep going. So that's driving. So the benefit of being on a train as an example, if I, and again, if I kind of knew that I have to go for more than what would be a four hour drive or three hour drive, I'd invariably catch a train, um, which is east in the UK, it's a great train network. And most of the trains these days have Wi-Fi, so you can get some work done whilst you're, whilst you're on the train. They've got cafes and things on there, so you, keep, you can keep buying water and keep your hydration up. Um, but more importantly, you know, you're not stuck to a seat like you are in a car for two hours. You can get up and wander around the, the, run around the train, and I'd certainly recommend that. Every 45 minutes or so, get up, go for a walk, walk from one end of the train to the next, go stretch your legs. Again, use that time to maybe look at text messages or maybe make some phone calls in the vestibules, whatever it takes, but just get out of your seat, stretch your legs, go for a walk, go down to the car, the, the, the dining car or the cafe that's on board the trains, grab a bottle of water, you know, use any kind of excuse to keep moving. Again, you know, stuck in a train for six hours, you know, and it's preventing you from getting your step count up. It can be frustrating. So take the time, don't just sit there, take the time for it, go for a little wander, stretch your legs. Now obviously flying is a completely different kettle of fish. Um, if you are going overseas or you're going across the continent, you know, you've got to, you know, there's a lot of time involved um, in trying to travel from that point of view and getting on a plane. You've got to be there a couple of hours early, check in, um, you're sitting at the airport, you know, it can be frustrating, you're rushing around, you're a bit stressed because you're worried about missing flights or flight delays or that kind of stuff. But again, good planning will make sure that you make the most of that time. Now, airports are fairly big places, so can, I would very rarely sit in the lounge. Uh, as much as possible, I would walk around the terminal, um, use the time to keep, to keep my steps out, and you'd be surprised how far you can walk when you're walking around any, any airport terminal. Um, so, unless you're absolutely bound to getting some work done before you get on the plane, keep walking, keep moving. And while you're there, and while you're walking about, go to some of the food stores and pre-buy meals. Most of the food you get on aircraft is pretty minimal. You know, you don't get a lot of water or hydration. You don't get a lot of nutrients in these meals. So I take food with me. So while I was walking around the airport terminal, I'd use that time to find cafes or, you know, convenience stores or food shops. And you've got all sorts of variety these days, which is great. So there's no excuse to buy good, healthy, protein-rich foods that will keep you going on a long flight. Now, anything over sort of six or so hours, you're probably going to want to get some sleep or some rest. Um, but again, just make sure you're absolutely hydrated. The air conditioning on an aircraft is absolutely horrendous and will dry you out so much faster than your average day-to-day air conditioning in an office um, or even in a car, and you just you dehydrate and dry out. Now, you don't want to do that. If you're on a calorie deficit and you want to retain muscle mass, you want to keep hydration in your system. You want to keep fluid in your muscles. You want to keep um, electrolytes and BCAAs and all that kind of stuff going through your system, even if you're stuck in an aircraft for six or so hours. So keep your hydration up. If you can, take some BCAAs with you. Um, it's in powdered form that you can put into the water on board um, and consume that whilst you're traveling. Get plenty of rest, avoid things like alcohol and caffeine. It dehydrates you further. 
Um, and whilst it might be relaxing and, thinks, and it makes you help you think she's going to help you sleep, it doesn't. It'll be a troubled sleep. You're dehydrated. Your body's not going to be recovering if you've been working out the day before. So make sure you take lots of good quality water or fluids. And as I said, if you want to take some supplements with you, do so. Um, now, jet lag's a killer as well. I've, you know, as I said, in the last 20 or so years, I've gone backwards and forwards from the UK or America to Australia, sort of 12, 15, 18, 24 hour travel periods. And jet lag is an absolute killer. But over the years, I've developed a way to overcome it to the best way possible. One, as I said a minute ago, is keep hydrated. It makes a massive difference um, in overcoming jet lag. The second thing I do, particularly traveling backwards and forwards to somewhere like Australia with that 24-hour flight or that 24 to 27-hour flying period or travel period, is as soon as I get on board the aircraft at my at, at my desk, at my um, departure point, so as an example here in London, I think to myself, right, what time is it at the destination? What time is it in Sydney or Melbourne? And I'd start putting myself in that mental mindset of what time of day it is. So... Generally speaking, Australia's about 10 hours ahead, so if I'm leaving at three o'clock in the afternoon, it's going to be about midnight in Australia, so I want to get to sleep straight away. And I know sometimes by the time you've taken off and they level out and then they feed you a meal, you've probably wasted two or three hours, Um, so it's getting into kind of early morning, mid-early morning or three, four a.m. in the morning Australia time, but get some sleep straight away. I'd often even, you know, forego dinner have a meal or something before I got on board at the airport, I'd forego dinner on the aircraft and just get myself to sleep as fast as possible. Get yourself into that rhythm. Now, of course, that rhythm is upset depending on what kind of which direction you go, which route you go on. If you're stopping by the Middle East, then it's a short haul into the Middle East, then the long haul to Australia. Um, or if you're going via Asia, it's the other way around. It's a long haul into Asia, then short haul down to Oz. So again, you've got to kind of work that out as well. And normally as well, you know, on the aircraft, they feed you in the time frame of your departure point. So as I said, as you get on board, if it's like middle of the afternoon, they'll give you dinner almost straight away. And and of course, it's breakfast time in Australia, so that doesn't work. Um, So by bringing food on board with you, you can overcome that when you think about it in a different different way and kind of get used to the the meal times as it would be at your destination point. Um, So by the time you then land in your stopover, um, you've then got to think about what it is back in Australia and keep going. So... Generally speaking, if you've flown into Asia, you know, you've got a sort of six to nine hour leg, depending on where you go through Bangkok or Singapore or something like that. You know, you've got six to nine hours down to the east coast of Australia. Um, and invariably, you're landing at sort of, you know, early morning dawn time in Australia, sort of 6, 7 a.m. So really what you want to be doing for the back half of the leg between the UK and Asia, once you've had a good six or so hours sleep, wake up and then stay awake. Now that's going to be really difficult to do. You'll be knackered, you'll be jet lagged, you'll be slightly dehydrated. Um, you're in a cramped seat unless you've got the luxury of business or first class, you know. But now you need to stay awake because staying awake in that mid leg uh, between Europe and Asia, you'll be tired by the time you have your stopover, and then you will sleep really well on the leg from Asia down to Australia, and that's the crucial one. If you can get a good six-hour sleep. On that leg, you'll wake it, you'll get to Australia and you'll be nice and fresh. Now, one of, as I said, one of the biggest challenges you've got is actually how, what is the service on board. Um, and it can be quite noisy, there's all the announcements, there's movement, there's people moving around you, um, they feed you dinner when you're like at three o'clock in the morning, you know, which is bonkers, and then they wake you up two hours before you land for breakfast, and it just disrupts everything. So I normally go without completely. Um, and then I'll, when I get off the, off the aircraft at the other end, if it's six, seven o'clock in the morning, 
I'll go and have breakfast either at the airport or somewhere close by on the way to or from where I'm trying to get to and where I'm staying. So I get as much sleep as I possibly can uh, over that period of time whilst I'm traveling down from Asia back into the east coast of Australia. So that's the big things around travel. And of course, as I said, hydration is really important on the aircraft, taking on taking your food on board that's more nutrient, dense or protein rich. Uh, to make sure you've got all the right nutrients coming through, that you're staying on track with your meal plans and things. That's really, really important uh, because the aircraft food, again, unless you're on, you've got the privilege of being in first or business, aircraft food is pretty poor these days, not terribly high in nutrients, not very big on portion sizes. And if you're, you know, particularly for the reverse, if you're reverse dieting or if you're trying to bulk, it'll never be enough food. So take food with you, hydrate massively, get yourself in the time zone of your destination before you depart, get as much sleep as possible, and when you're not sleeping, try to walk around the aircraft as well, try to keep that movement going, try to keep the blood flowing through the legs, uh, don't just sit there in a cramped seat. So that's all it is from a trip, from a flying point of view. So when you get to your destination, the next point again, it, it gets a bit easier, obviously. You've found out where you're going, you've pre-looked at where you're going, you've had that research, you know there's a gym in the hotel, or you know there's a gym close by, so get into the rhythm as quickly as possible like you had been at home. So if you train in the morning, then train in the morning when you're away. If you train in the evenings, if you've got a gap in the evenings before between conferences or meals or things, go train. And if you've not got enough time, at least get out for a half hour walk at some point in the afternoon or during the day. Get some fresh air, stretch your legs, get your step count up. Worst case scenario, you know, make the time to train in your hotel room if possible. And as I said, my ebook has a great guide for that. Gives you a bit of a half hour workout you do in the comfort of your hotel room if you've got absolutely no choice around a gym or a commercial gym outside the hotel somewhere at least you can still train in your hotel room so again guys there's absolutely no excuse to not stay on track with your exercise regime uh, and not stay on track with your kind of sleep and recovery regime i totally get it though some of these conferences they are back to back you're up at seven o'clock in the morning, you have breakfast meetings, you're straight into sessions, you get minimal time for lunch, minimal breaks, you have an evening sort of pause, um, a meal, and then possibly going on in the evenings as well. So I get it, um, and I know how frustrating it can be, but where possible, look into the agenda, look into time, use that time to look after yourself, hydrate, get some food in if you're being a bit slack on food with the meals that have been provided for you, get some movement in, get some exercise in. But it's really important that you don't fall off the wagon. So from a food point of view, a tip point of view, you know, again, it's being clever with what's served. You've probably got very little control of what's been put in front of you. You don't get any say in it. You don't get to choose necessarily if you've gone out to a restaurant. So you've got to pick and choose what you put in front of you. Now, I always stuck to a very simple, simple ethos. I just avoided carbohydrates. Um, and I fill up as much as possible on salads, vegetables, and, and protein. And if I had absolutely no choice and the only thing in front of me was sandwiches or wraps and things like that, I'd normally take the wrap or the sandwich off or the bread off it and just eat and eat the, the, the contents. It wasn't a lot of food, but at least it wasn't high in carbohydrate. It was protein rich normally. Um, and it kept me going because I also found over the years that if I'd had a very heavy kind of lunch with lots of bread or carbohydrate in it, the afternoon sessions, I'd be falling asleep, I'd be knackered, I'd be my concentration would go, my brain function would be, in a, I'd be really sort of fuzzy, and you'd always see in a warm conference room or a warm meeting room, and that carbohydrate that you consume just wants to put you to sleep. So if you kind of really concentrate on taking 
taking protein and taking vegetables and salads and things as opposed to you know, simple carbohydrates like bread and pasta and rice, you're going to survive the afternoon a lot better, you'll feel a lot more attentive um, and you'll get a lot more out of the conference in the, in the, in the first place. So from a neutral point of view, I think that is, that is the crucial, absolutely cru crucial sort of top tip. It's around making sure you're making wise food choices. Again, one of the biggest temptations, I think, when you're one of these things is, or when you're traveling, is breakfast. You've got these fantastic breakfast buffets. It's all inclusive. Um, you've got pastries, and you've got bacon and eggs, and you just go hell for leather. And I used to think, oh, this is great, I, and I take advantage of it, think I never get this at home. I'm, I'm gonna fill up throughout the day, then I'll have to eat throughout the rest of the day, and I'll be fine. It's not the case. You know, again, if you're filling up on bread and toast and pastries and all this kind of stuff, it's just gonna make you feel lethargic throughout the day. Um, you're going to fall off your meal plan um, and you won't be happy with it at all and it won't be effective. So again, at breakfast time, I would focus on protein-dense food, eggs, bacon is fine. Um, I'd look at yogurts and low-fat yogurts and, and maybe a little bit of fruit just to give it some sweetness and to give you a pep first in the morning. Black coffee, you know, double espressos, all that kind of stuff, but absolutely avoid the carbohydrates. Um, unless, and the only caveat to that was be, is if I trained in the morning, if I'd been at the gym before breakfast, then yep, I would, that's the only time I'd stock up on carbs. So then yes, absolutely, go hell for that, something like Cocoa Pops, or into some pastries, um, some pano shocks, some croissant, and, and reward myself for the fact that I got up early and went to the gym. Um, and that's something you can do. So if you want to sort of motivate yourself to go to the gym before work in the mornings, know the fact that you can then get up and have breakfast uh, and have and treat yourself a little bit to some of those fun pastries or, or some night or some sweet cereals and things like that. Otherwise, though, absolutely recommend sticking to proteins, egg, bacon, low-fat yogurt, and that's about it in a good quantity and keep you replenished throughout the day. And the thing with the protein as well, it keeps you feeling satisfied for much longer. Because if, you got, if you're having breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning, invariably you don't get a break till 12 or midday, or sort of midday or one o'clock in the afternoon for lunch. So by having a high protein breakfast, you'll feel fuller and less hungry throughout the entire morning. Obviously moving across to lunch and dinner, as I said, where you've got very little, you may have very little choice, avoid carbohydrates. You know, if you're lucky enough to get out to a restaurant, then, you know, don't be afraid to pick and choose from the menu. Don't be afraid to make requests. You know, if a meal comes with chips or potatoes, ask for that to be put to, to not happen and get vegetables or salad instead. Again, avoid carbohydrates late in the evening unless you've trained just before dinner. Avoid those carbs, stick to high protein options. Um, as, as much as possible as well guys and I know the peer pressure to sort of have a few beers with colleagues after the conference is, is really tempting but if you have to have to have to have a couple of drinks then stick to clear spirits and low calorie or zero calorie mixes so soda water low, low cal tonic uh, low or zero calorie colas but avoid the beers avoid the heavy wines um, and just stick to low-cal wherever you possibly can. At least you get to enjoy some social time with your colleagues. You don't feel like a complete pillock uh, by not being able to join in with them, and you get to have a good time as well. So tips there for lunches and dinners is avoid carbohydrates unless you've trained in the evening before dinner, um, where you can then have a bit of carbs straight afterwards as well, and then stick to things like potatoes or sweet potato and, and avoid rice or, or pasta or breads, but go for low, like low GI carbs instead and absolutely avoid alcohol. 
um, as much as you possibly can. It just doesn't help and it's wasted calories. Your body will take in those al that alcohol and just fight to get rid of it before it does anything else with all the food you've been eating, all the calories you've eaten with food. It's just going to ruin it with, calorie, with calories, sort of useless calories from alcohol. Um, so that's about it guys really. So I've talked about you know what to do before you leave. Um, I've talked about what to do on the journey, when it, whether you're driving, catching a train, or you're flying. A couple of tips around sort of overcoming jet lag and then how to look after yourself from a nutrient point of view whilst you're at your destination. And of course, most importantly, try to keep your exercise in whilst you're away. So whether that's in a hotel gym, at a, at a local gym close by, or as I said, in the guide that you can download for free from my LinkedIn bio, um, you've got a, a good workout program there that gives you a good 30-minute program that you can do that in the comfort of your hotel room. So on that, guys, you know, while you've got the opportunity, find my, go to my LinkedIn uh, profile. So that's at fitself underscore online. Uh, and in the profile, click on the link. And when you hit that, when you get to that point, you'll see at the very, very top, it says free travel fitness guide. That is yours for free, no cost, no obligation. Download it, keep it on your phone with you when you travel. Um, you can click links to exercise videos in there. There's some tips, all the tips I've just talked about then on this podcast are all listed out in the ebook. Um, and it's all there for you to take away, have on your phone or on your laptop so you can refer to it whenever you're traveling and it gives you all the tips and pointers you need whilst you're traveling. So guys, I hope that's really, really useful. Um, I just found that when I travel, I used to use it as an excuse to fall off my plan, but then thinking about it, being clever with what I did and pre-planning, there's no excuse. Um, so you can stick to your program as close as possible. You can make all the arrangements to make sure you stay on track. You'll feel great. You'll be more productive. You'll be more attentive during the conferences and things. And you'll come back without feeling guilty and have to get back on track and have it sort of gone backwards by two or three days. So let me know what you think, guys, on the feedback and in your comments. Really keen to hear what you think about that. Really keen to hear, obviously, more about the, the, the podcast in general and your feedback and any thoughts about what you want to achieve or what you want to hear further in the, in the future. Um, as I said, there'll be some more great interviews coming up. There'll be all sorts of topics being discussed, nutrition, training, mindset, and everything to help you guys become the best version of yourselves. As always, I want to leave you with one final healthy habit to get into for the week. Uh, so this week's tip all around kind of trying to avoid alcohol. Now, in a corporate environment, on a day-to-day basis, if you're living that busy kind of lifestyle, it can be quite challenging, unless you're very disciplined. So this is my invitation to you this week, guys. Reduce your calorie, in, sorry, your alcohol intake to no more than two sessions a week. If you're doing any more than that already, so if you're drinking three or four nights a week, cut that down to so just drinking two nights a week. If you're only doing one night a week, that's fantastic. Then reduce the amount of alcohol you drink by at least two drinks over that session. You know, if you're anything like me and was a bit of a heavy drinker when I was out with my friends, it was beers or vodka or whatever. Um, cut that down by one or but at least kind of try to go for two drinks over the session and alternate that with a soft drink or some water or some soda water to keep yourself hydrated but reduce the alcohol intake so there's my invitation this week's guys for the healthy habit pull back on alcohol where as much as you can i know it's hard to stop in our, in our lifestyles um, and i know you know you've got social lives or your business functions and things to attend to so it's difficult to go completely cold turkey but hey if you can do so for this week as well but otherwise just try to pull back to no more than two sessions a week and if you're doing less than that already then drop your alcohol consumption by at least two to three drinks in each session so i hope that helps guys i hope you had a great week so far um, and looking forward to hearing more of these podcasts once again a massive thank you for the feedback 
And for those of you who have subscribed and logged in, it's really appreciated. Um, feel free to leave comments, feedback, reviews. All of that goes a very, very long way to make sure this podcast get out to as many people as possible. Send the link to your friends, get them to listen in. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, get out there, keep on smashing your goals. And remember, Fit Self is here to help you become the best version of yourself. Many thanks again, guys. I'll speak to you very soon. Cheers.